Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky, and welcome back to the five-round Supercoach check-in at round 10, where we check in on all things Supercoach draft and classic. I've got the man with me again. Johnny, how are you, mate? Very good. Still sitting pretty on top of the ladder. He's doing. He's doing. He's pulling the Panthers from last year. He's streaking out to a lead, but can he close the deal? We'll find out in a couple. We're halfway through. Can you believe it, Johnny? Round twenty-two is the start of our final, so you're halfway there. You're in trouble this week, but you got the king. The king up I'm your halfway seat. there. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know he's gotten me out of jail a few times now. Last week against you, getting five hundred as captain. So. Hopefully you can pull the same for me as well. But, you know, I don't want to be like the Panthers where you know, go on an undefeated streak and then lose right at the end. So hopefully I can tie my run this year. That's it. So a bit of an overall what we're going to do here. We're going to quickly go through the top 10 overall like we did last time, see what's changed. Obviously some players in there that uh, aren't playing anymore. I've only played a handful of games. So we'll talk through that. Talk about the guys we're kind of looking at in terms of a classic and a draft, who we want to target. Obviously the round 13 buy is coming up people choosing whether to take the L on that week all together or try and plan for it um, and, you know, get, get a jump on other super coaches that way. And then we'll move into a bit of our draft. So talk about our draft league, uh, you know, obviously where we are on the ladder, players that we're targeting there and, you know, I guess our outlook for each of the teams and our, our quick draft recap from what happened in our draft. So, Johnny, let's get right into it, mate. We'll sort that, sort, go on the app, sort it by the average. Number one, Tommy Turbo. Obviously, I think in classic, a must. He's about 800,000. He's on a rise about about another 100,000. He's just pumping out. He's averaging 120. In our draft, he was the, the after pick two, after Teddy and Cleary went, it was who was going to pull the trigger. I think a lot of drafts had that in terms of the injury risk. You know, we all got burnt one stage or another with Turbo, but looks like his both hamstrings are working. Looks like that Manly team is chugging along and... When, when he, we knew that when he was fit, he was going to be the number one player and the, the five games that he's played has shown nothing else. Yeah, I'm looking at the scores now since he's come back fit. 116, 118, 68, then 191 and 119. It's ridiculous. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, this week will be a challenge against the Eels, but you can't. I think I was watching uh, one, one, one of the uh, free commentary shows and they were saying like, you can't really defend against Turbo because he'll jump in at first receiver. He'll be around to sweep the back. He'll get in at um, dummy half. He's just always around the ball and you can't really def- defend against it. It's, it's so hard to shut down. Yeah, and I'm just now I'm looking at these upcoming fixtures. And when you actually do look at it, Manly have one of the juiciest draws coming up. So they got power this week. But then after Paris, I'm going to run through it. Newcastle, Cowboys, Titans, Bulldogs, the Raiders, Dragons, Tigers, Sharks. So they get you to round 20. And then if your finals are like ours in round 23, 24, 25, Canberra, Bulldogs, Cowboys. So when you look at that, obviously, he's got to stay on the field. He might get rested. That's a very juicy draw. There's going to be there's some tons in there easily. So... If you if you jumped on, you know, if you picked him in draft, it's a huge win because he's a set and forget captaincy option. There's not many of them this year. And in classic, he's just going to make money. And, you know, 
He'll, he's probably going to get picked for Origin, but when he's there, I think he's a must in every team. He's going to be the right home for Turbo. It's going to be very exciting. Let's go your boy number two. Um, oh, Nathan, Nathan Cleary. Cleary. <laughs> Mr. Consistent. So 110 average. And again, if we look at the scores, his lowest score is a 69, highest score 225 of the record. Again, another consistent guy where he just needs to be in your team if it's a classic, set and forget captaincy option in most weeks. And in a draft, it's literally, like we said at the start, it's a, it's a joker up the sleeve. You know, you can pull it out whenever you want because he's just, he's going to crack out a ton. You get, you're getting a guaranteed 200 as a captain. And in draft, you know, we talked about in a couple of pods, the send used to be 12130 for a captain. You're getting 200s with Cleary. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, mate. Uh, Cleary, my boy. Uh, you know, if you had to do the draft again, you, you'd probably bank on Cleary. He doesn't really get injured. Um, you know, he's he's a goal kicker for this Panthers team because when they're on, they'll put on 50 easily. So that's a huge plus. But on top of that, he's just kicking 40-20s. He's got, you know, a try assist, line breaks, line break assist in him. Every, you know, ups, attacking upside every game that you can bank on in this um, this Penrith juggernaut here. Yeah, and they've got a couple of nice stretches of the draws coming up. So after the Rabbits this week, they've got the Dogs, the Tigers, the Sharks. A couple of games against the Roosters and Para, but then you go into Warriors and Broncos. Then a Roosters. So they've got, they kind of got, you know, a couple of tough games here and there, but then there's going to be little stretches where Cleary just dominates. And Every week, he's got to be at least a vice-captain or a captain in Classic, in my opinion. In draft, if you're the Cleary owner, he's the captaincy every week. And it's just one of those ones. Like, you look at, you know, he's 100% owned in draft league, so obviously that's that's no surprise there. But in in Classic, he's 99.8. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to have him in there. You know, Origin's going to come around to you, keep him. He's going to be... His value is going to be ridiculous um, in terms of a... Like... He's the money's gonna it's gonna cost you a lot. He's gonna have to it's gonna be a lot of money sitting on your pine, but I think you just have to do it. You can't trade him in and out. It's just it's a waste of a trade. Yeah, mate. Um, you know, these guys, you know they're gonna be there, you know, at the end of the season. Uh you don't wanna be wasting trades on you know, getting in and out, even though you know he's worth a lot of money because you know at the end of the season in classic, you want to you know sit up your team for that final run into the um, finals essentially. Yeah, and sorry, I, I made a mistake there. I was reading another stat. So he's only in 60% of teams right now. So you got to think that's a lot of people that's probably banking on, you know, trading him up for origin period and bringing him back in. But right now he's, he's 864K. He's got a break even of minus 11. He's going to make at least 110K this week. So he's going to hit a mill very, very soon. And you're not going to be able to trade him out and in because I don't think you even if there's a guy that you can do a cash grab with, I don't think it's going to be enough. And especially with dogs and tigers in two of the next three. <laughs> He's going to go over a mill and you're not going to be able to get him. So you've got to just take, hold, hold him on the pine and, you know, you'll be happy when he, when he plays. That's, that's what I'm kind of getting at there. Pretty much, pretty much. Number three, my boy, Ryan Pappenhausen. He had a 20 odd in his last game, still averaging over a hundred, uh, but the onset concussions now. So I guess you wanted to talk a little bit about, some of the rule changes in the last couple of years, how it's affected. I think it's a pretty good example here when we talk about a guy like Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I, I haven't been playing um, Supercoach for too long, but, you know, I, I remember playing, um, oh, it would have been like 
NRL fantasy or something back in the days where, you know, you'd be happy to bank on a captain if they had like 50 or 60 every week and grab you anything over 100 as captain when you had your, you know, Corey Parker, your Anthony Frankies. And then now with the rule changes of one, the sort of six again since last year, you find that there's more um, four being uh, in the um, playing time. And that means, you know, um, all these all these super coach numbers are getting higher. And then, you know, last week after these uh, new um, you know, head, head knocks and uh, concussion rules, um, you, you're having teams playing against, you know, 13 v 11. So, you know, in that time period, teams can lock on, um, you know, three tries in that period. So even more attacking stats. So it's just crazy how, how Supercoach has really been geared towards the ceiling players over the past you know, year or two. Yeah, and it's a great point, you know. For me, the classic captaincy option now is I think you have to go for a back or a half to put on a forward. Like, I, we'll talk about my matchup with Steven this week. He's gone pain Haas, where, like you said, a year ago, two years ago, that's a set and forget. He'll get you a 120, 130. You, you bank and you go. I went Nico Hines because I knew I had to chase points. He gets a 230. Yeah. You know, the, the other one in our comp, uh, it, can, it can also swing because obviously the backs are more unpredictable. David went Sam Walker this week, got a 24 mm-hmm. as a captain. But a couple of weeks ago, he got a 180. So I think you just got to bank on the captain. And, you know, it's it's become such a thing in draft comps, especially where that first pick is just so crucial because you've got to get a player that's going to average close to 80. You've got to do it. Because if you, if you don't, you're stuck. And, you know, there's a couple of guys in our draft comp right now, whether it's been injury or poor drafts, where they just don't have that captaincy option. So I think it's crucial. It's a great point. You know, the concussions. For me now with Pappenhausen, he's only played six games out of the 11. He looks like he's going to be out for at least another two. I'll still keep it. Because my theory is, and I think a lot of, I think the way you drafted as well, you draft for the team in the position. So for me, I want the Melbourne Storm fullback because I think they're just going to shit, shit out points. So as soon as Pappenhausen goes down, I'll take Nico Hines as a handcuff. You've got Matt Burton to replace Nathan Cleary. The Panthers have halfback. So I think the way we've got to look at this draft now, especially for next season, your top one and two picks, you've got to handcuff them on your bench with their backup. I think that's the, the way you've got to do it because in our, my example, if I did not pick up Nico Hines, I'd be up Ship Creek. I would not have a captaincy. I would have forwards to captain. And like we said, captains in this comp is not going to crack it nine times out of 10. So I think handcuffs is the only way to do it now in the new rules. Yeah, yeah. And um, just, yeah, it's it's even more crucial in these captaincy comps. You know, I know not all, all comps out there run um, captaincies, but, you know, with captaincies, you really need to have that high ceiling player because, Especially if you're, you can win you the um, win you the round if you're chasing points. You know, having Nathan Cleary knocking out you know 450 as captain that that's a win for for most players there. Hundred percent. But yeah, I guess for me, Pappenhausen at number three. I'll do it every day of the week. He failed me a ten in the draft. Hundred percent. In classic again, he I I only traded him out this week, and because of that ongoing concussion, I traded straight in Nico Hines because again, one I'll chase his points from last week. He's gonna make some cash rises. But two, he's the Melbourne Storm fullback. And you've just got to trust the infrastructure of a team and positions. And that's what that's what I did. So I think it's a no-brainer there. Number four is an interesting one, Dave Fafina. So he was number two. Oh, no, he was number one a couple of weeks ago when we did this. He's dropped a little bit. He's been suspended. 
we we thought there were going to be a couple of guys in this list that went up and down. He was one of them that we picked as a regression candidate. I think, you know, the way the Titans are playing, there's a real chance he's going to start dropping a little bit of cash and points here. What's your thoughts on Fafita at number four, averaging 100 on the dot? Yeah, so Fafita's an interesting one. You know, he's a second rower, but we all know, you know, he's tackle-busting, try-scoring um, abilities there. Uh, with with David Fafita, um, you know, he he's... He's a pretty good sort of set and forget because you know he's going to get that base from being a second row forward. He's not like sort of that outside back that we were talking about. Um, but in terms of whether he will actually hold that 100 average score, it's, geez, he got a few hat-tricks in, mm. in, that, uh, in that run, a uh, few doubles, a few hat-tricks. Um, so it, it's, you know, with this Titan squad, um, I'm not quite sure whether, or well, actually I, I doubt that he's going to hold that, that sort of average going through the rest of the season, especially in this Titans um, team. Yeah, you look at his scores, you know, he's got a couple of, he's got a couple of 60s, a 70 and 80, then his big scores, you know, 147, 153. So when he does go big, he does go big, but there is a chance, you know, and he, you look at the run that Titans have had at the start, it's actually a pretty soft run when you look at it. Warriors, Broncos, mm. Cowboys, Raiders, Knights, Broncos, Tigers. There's a lot of, and if you want to look at like upcoming draw here, you know, a couple of Bulldogs games coming up, but you've still got Melbourne twice. You've got Manly again. You've got the Roosters. You've got the Rabbits. You've got Parramatta. So I think those scores are going to drop. I still think you'll average probably around the 85 mark is where I think he'll end up sitting. But, you know, he's still going to be prone for the odd score, but I think there are going to be some chances here, especially he's going to miss Origin. Might get rested between those games. So yeah. probably someone I won't target till the end of the year. Uh, his last couple, you know, he's got uh, in the finals, Round 24, 25, he's got Knights and Warriors. That could be juicy. But other than that, I'm probably going to stay away from Fafita the rest of the year, even in Classic. The, the price tag, it needs to drop a little bit for me, 850000 Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably stay away from that one a little bit there. Yeah, agreed. The next two we won't spend too much time on is Brett Morris and Matt Fiegi. Obviously, Brett Morris out with the ACL was averaging 98 ridiculously in year, feels like 30 for him. Max Vieira only paid the one game. He's got a 90, obviously. He'll regress back to the means there, so we won't spend too much time. Number seven, Latrell, Back this week from suspension. Was in very, very good form, leading the Dally M's before the, his suspension there. But again, similar to Fafida for me. A 117, a 138, and then a couple of... Then got 360s in there. So what's your thoughts on Latrell as, uh, I guess, one of your second fullbacks in Classic or in a draft comp if you want to target for a trade? Um, Latrell, I mean, looking at his, his initial run, um, he did have quite some tough competition. He had, you know, um, Melbourne's, um, Roosters, um, he had Manly, but that was before Turbo went in, but there's a lot of attacking scores in there, you know, try assists, tries, um, it's, it's really depends on how we think this, this Rabbits team is going to end up. If you think they're going to be in the preliminary finals today, if you think they're going to have that run home, sort of like how Wayne Bennett had them humming towards last year, and he's definitely a, a pickup. Um, so I'll have to just have a look at his draws here. So if we look at the draft finals, he's got Penrith, Sydney, and then the Dragons. Mm. Um, so it's a tough one. If you think that, if you're confident you'll make it to the grand final, then look, he may be a possible... Um, target and draft if you know you want to um ride that to you know, cody walker 205 last year around 20 i'm looking at from a classic perspective you know depending if pappenhausen's out you know some of the other guys are aggress 
that round 15 to 20. So Broncos, Tigers, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Warriors, Dragons. I like that little stretch, especially if they're back full strength and humming. I enjoy that. Um, but yeah, for me, fullback's just too deep. There's a lot of players, you know, even talking about you there, you've got two of us, a Sheck, who's been moved to the wing, but still shit out of 90. So, you know, I still think a Sheck in base is going to be better than a Latrell. So it's an interesting one. If you've got him in a draft, you're obviously happy because he's one of the premier fullbacks. But in terms of classic, you look at Turbo, Teddy, Pappy, Gutho. There's there's other names you'd have before him, and the ne- including the next guy, Kalen Ponga. So only played the five games this year, uh, averaging an 86. What's your thoughts on Kalen? You've obviously had a, a close eye on this Newcastle side. When he plays, it's a totally different side. Um, what are you expecting from him rest of the season? Uh, Kalen Ponga. So, yeah, it's no surprise that, you know, Knights are struggling at the moment with, like, most of the back line. Uh, and he's critical for that. Um, Kalen Ponga, I think, at the, and he, he he will average around this this 80, 80 mark because, you know, he's, I think over the last few seasons, he's shown that he's fairly matchup proof. You know, he can, he can score tries from anywhere in the park and he's got that goal kicking and he's, I feel this year he's slightly improved than the years gone by. So, um, Kaim Panga, he's still definitely that, that gun tier. Yeah. And you look at his, uh, super coach finals draw from around 21 to 25 Broncos, Sharks, Dogs, Titans, Broncos. You're probably not getting you're probably not getting better than that. So if you've got Kalen, there's gonna be a couple of little tough stretches here. They've still got Manly, Para, Rabbits, Storm, Roosters. But with that kind of finish of a draw, you kind of now want to start looking at that. You want to go to that to that uh, Kalen owner in your draft league and strike a deal because there's a if you if you're set at the finals, you know, looking at yourself, you know, you got RTS, RTS to Ponga might be a nice little you might need to throw something else in there to make the trade work, but you know what? With the way you're rolling, you're probably going to be one of the top two picks, uh, top two seeds in the draft. Get that first week off, and all of a sudden now you've got you know Titans and Broncos to finish it up. That could work for you. So, an interesting one there. You know, I didn't really think about him that way, but looking at that now, especially in classic as my second fullback, you know he's got some hard games before that. He might drop a little bit of cash if we can get him. You know, around that seven hundred thousand mark. That could be very interesting to finish the finish the season. So that's definitely one I want to keep my eye on now. Yeah. Next one. Target after our origin. Hundred percent. Next one. Ice Papali Isaiah Papali'i from the Para Eels. He's still up there. Um, he's averaging a eighty-six. Jewel still making money. So even he's got a hundred thirty-four break even this week, but he's still going to be over the seven hundred fifty thousand mark. He's just one of those base guns, you know, whether he's on the edge, on the middle. You look at his, you know, look at the last from round four, 9,300, 929, 8,325, 9,752. Now, he's scored a lot of tries in those games, but in this Parramatta team that does create a lot of chance, a lot of points, he's still one of the premier options, especially as a dual in classic and in draft. If you got him, you're not going to trade him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, like you said, he's had a lot of attacking stats since that round four period. Um, got a 52 last week. So round 10 against the Warriors, 52. Uh, based on that and looking at his earlier scores, he probably, uh, I, I could definitely see him dropping. How much will he drop? Ooh, without those attacking stats, and I reckon he'll drop down to around that 
70s mark, mm. which I think, you know, you, you'd still take that any day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think there's got to be a little bit of regression for Zaya Papali here. Yeah, to, to the non-owners in Classic who never picked him up, you know, you're looking at there's not really a stretch of games for Parramatta here where they're going to play multiple hard games in a row. You kind of look at the draw, you know, you got a Rabbits, then you got a Newcastle Tigers Dogs, you got a Panthers, but then you got a Titans and a Canberra. You got the Roosters and the Rabbits, but then you got a Cowboys. The, the end of the draw, I guess. Parramatta's end. If you're looking at a at a finals right now, they finish up with the Storm and the Panthers in 24-25. Not ideal. Uh, Panthers might have the minor premiership wrapped up by then, so that might be a junior Panther side rolling out there, same as Melbourne. So, look, I think with Parramatta, you've got to ride the points as they are now. If someone offers you a trade package, you know, for probably you're a Mitch Moses or a Gutho, and it's like ridiculous value, take it. You know, like I said, there's not a stretch where they're going to really bang on, like, you know, five scores in a row, might be two or three in a hard game. And I think now, especially for a position like you in a draft league, you've got to start looking at that final run. You know, start really tinkering your team to make sure you've got, you know, as we said, Newcastle, you know, they're going shit right now. But if they get it together, that finals draw is very, very juicy for the last five. You can bump out, you can pump out some centuries there. So I think, you know, he's a dual position, which is always going to help. And if he averages a 70 for the rest of the season, you take it. So I think Isaiah is going to be one that we have to keep an eye on there. Last guy we want to talk about here in the first segment here, Sam Walker, averaging at 82 right now. But he's, the to me, the most interesting guy in draft. I don't think he's going to continue averaging 82. I think this Roosters team is fundamentally been injured too much. There's too many problems with it. A team that just wants to really attack. Um, I guess we'll talk about this. We are filming, what's the date here, on the 23rd on a Sunday. So we watched the Broncos beat the Roosters. He got a 12 and they did exactly what I thought every team was going to do to him. They really roughed him up, rushed up on him, and they gave him no room to breathe. To me, he's 600000 now after the price that he's going to get this week. I think he's a sell. I think this is his max his max peak. So you can now trade him to you know, a Jerome Hughes. You can trade him to a Cherry Evans. You can, take, you can go to one of the premier halfbacks now. Um, and if, I'm, if I've got him in draft... I'm trading. I'm putting. I'm DMing everyone who needs a halfback in that group, and I'm trading him for top dollar because I don't think you're going to get higher value now. You look at David in our group. He's got Jerome Hughes and Sam Walker. I'm trading Sam Walker as soon as lockout finishes on Monday. You're not going to get a better value. for. He's a great player. He's still going to get some big scores, but you're not going to get a higher peak than this. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of, um, a lot of classic players would be playing Nathan Cleary and Sam Walker at the moment. And, um, you know, training out Sam Walker because he's not playing during round 13 bye. And Nathan Cleary, obviously, is going to be selected as the New South Wales half. So this is probably your best week to, you know, uh, trade out Sam Walker and, you know, and grab a Jerome who's something, someone that is playing that, that round. Yeah, you look at your scores. He's only got two bad scores, but they're against the two best teams they've played. He got a 21 against Melbourne and a 34 against Para. He's towered up the Warriors, the Sharks, the Dragons, the Knights. Didn't really put it on the Cowboys, but, you know, on the matchup, he'll do really, really good things. But in terms of value and price, I just, yeah, I think he's a sell right now. He's He came in at bottom dollar. He was 173000 He's up to plus 600000 now. He's made you all the money in the world. You cash that. You, you get to your stud. You know, Jerome Hughes is out with a back issue this week. He'll come back next week. 
he's the premier halfback in the comp this year in in Supercoach. You just run with it. You know, he's not going to play Origin. I think that's an easy trade-up. And I think, you know, he's going to play that round 13 bye, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. I love Sam Walker. You know, another one of my man crushes behind the, the man, Reese Walsh. But to me, there's just there's going to be some tough draws coming up. You know, they've still got Panthers, Melbourne, Panthers, Para again. That's four tough games where, you know, leading into the finals, he's got Dragons, Souths, which may mean a lot to Souths and Canberra, depending on how Canberra season's going. We'll see what that game is. But yeah, to me, he's a sell. He's done the job. You know, you, you want to get cash cows at, you know, bottom dollar and rise. We haven't had one of these in, in years. We haven't had a guy bottom dollar get past 600,000. So let's take the cash. Let's run away with it. He's still in 63% of teams overall. I expect that to go down at least under 50% by Monday when lockout locks, because I think people are just going to go, I'll take that cash. Thank you very much. Let's go. Let's go to the next one. Cause he's, his break even was 133 this week. He got a 12. That's going to go close to 200 this week. He's going to shit. He's going to start shitting cash now. So. To me, you've just got to take the money and run. Go go to plan B. Yeah, you got to stem the bleeding as soon as possible here. Hundred percent. All right, Johnny. So that that's the top ten. Um, we'll check back again in five rounds. But I want to quickly talk before we get into our draft comp. I want to do classic, and it does feed into a bit of draft. But the round thirteen buy. So I guess there's two ways of looking at it. Uh, let's take from a draft a draft position. You know, you've only got the four bench spots. Um, a lot of people are just going to take the L, you know, you're not going to be able to try, you know, you might be able to field six guys out of your 17 and you're going to go, you know what? I love my team. I'm not going to break it. I'm not going to break it apart to get a win here. I'm just going to take the L. And I think that's what the approach I'm going to do. I'm not going to try and break my team. I've got some origin players. I've got some guys that are injured right now. that are going to be back in three to four rounds. I'm not going to break my team. I'm going to take the L in round 13 and walk away. Classic's a bit different. I want to get at least 13 guys on the park, hopefully. So if I look at my team right now, um, I guess for let's let's bring it back a little bit further. I'm ranked 2,500 2, overall. What are you ranked? Humble brag. Um, <laughs> let me just check on the app now. I've, uh, I'm currently ranked 12,700. So I think if you're a top 15,000 player, even top 20,000, that's round 13 buy is very interesting because you can make a lot of space up. If you're a guy who targeted this buy round and can get close to 17 players on the field, then you're gonna you're gonna go up because there's gonna be guys like me that can only get a 12 or 13, and you've got to jump. So I guess there's two ways to look at it, Johnny. And I'll before we go into the team, I'll ask your opinion on it. Do you want 17 yeah. bodies? Do you want 17 guys? You know, might be a couple of bench guys, you know, not really quality, or do you want 12 guys that are quality? that you know are going to get you a good score. Which one do you prefer? Do you want to try and break your team to get some to 17 guys or do you just want to get 12, 13 and just crank out the big scores on the, on the guns there? Uh, well, if we're talking classic, this is a round that, you know, I've sort of, for both in classic and draft, I've been sort of planning for this since round 10. So, you know, with all my trades outs and trades ins, I've been targeting those that are actually playing, like Isaiah Papali'i or Ryan Madison's, um, you know, Adam Dewey in the five eights. Um, so uh, I've been planning for this uh, for a few rounds now. So I'm hoping I can get at least, you know, a solid 13 onto the field. Then. Yeah. So going through mine, I've got Jaden Braley who will play, Jacob Little who will play, Isaiah Publi who will play, Fisher Harris, Lenu who's on the reserves is in a change bench this week. So that's five. Going down, I've got Barnett. So that's six. 
going down. I've got To'o, Remus, Dane Laurie, Charlie Staines. That's 10. And Nico Hines, 11. I've got 21 trades left. How much? How many trades do you have left? Oh, you've done a bit better than me. I'm only down to 19. So I've been pretty much burning every single trade <laughs> to, to get myself in this position. Yeah. So I've got, I'm going to do three more trades only before round 13. So I'm going to, I'll finish at 18 trades after the buy round. So round 14, I'll have that 18 to hit the rest. So looking at it now, I've got a couple of guys here that I want to trade out. So obviously Sam Walker will be one this week that I want to do to Jerome yeah. Hughes. Yeah. That's one. I would, I would want to do, so I've got Josh Schuster. I think I've maxed out his value. He's at a 475. I want to trade him to a, to a five, eight. Now, probably looking at the five, eights available for round 13, you know, there's only the eight, the eight teams playing. Dylan Brown for Para, he'll be back for that round 13. I don't mind that. I really like Cody Walker's run after round 13. So I may even save that trade and go to Cody Walker and, you know, eat, eat the L there. And then the last one is I've got uh, Tohu Harris and Angus Crichton and Jason Tomalolo in my back row. I might go one of them to ride Madison. So I can get to yeah. I, I can get to 14 here if I wanted to. I think I'm going to go 13 with the potential of 14 on that last day. What, where are you? What, what are you thinking in terms of your team? What do you have? Uh, so I have both Braley and Watson. Okay. Then I've got Lodge and Wallace. They're both playing, right? Broncos yep. and Titans, they're playing. Yep. So that's four. And then I've got Isaiah Papali'i, Madison, Fish-Harris. Um, I don't have anyone in the hearts at the moment. So that's, I'm definitely going to use my Sam Walker to join his trade here. Okay, yep. Eight. I've got Adam Dewey, Toto, Crichton, Isako, Laurie. And I've got no one at fullback because I've got the Teddy and um, Turbo combo there. Okay, so you're running, you're running 13 as well. So yeah. I think a lot of guys have, like we said, have kind of worked towards getting at least 13. I think you need to have, because, you know, a guy might run out there, like on on the, to try and get to 17, might have like, you know, a Lanou like me or, you know, some guy who's brought in who's going to fill in for that round. But realistically, if you have 13 quality that you have in your week team every week, I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to still get plus a thousand, hopefully. You know, looking at the captaincy options in that in that buy round, look, Para against Newcastle without the stars looks like a good option. I was kind of looking at Matt Dufty against the Broncos, but obviously his injury is now um, throwing a little bit of um, of a surprise there. But I think, to me, the one to go is Melbourne against the Titans, Nico Hines. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that's a good one. You know, Nico this week was 580,000. He had a break even of minus 65. He just did another 100. So he's going to rise at least to around that 700 mark. He might be, you know, 800,000 by the time the buy round ends. That's it's, it's quality. So I think you've got to, if you haven't jumped on Nico, you've got one more week to do it now because he's got another 100 in his rolling average. And if you can slide him into your, you know, if you've got like in your case, you've got a turbo and a teddy, you could go one of them straight into a Nico who will play you around 13, will be there, you know, if Munster is out or Puppy is out, he'll slide into the six or the one pretty comfortably and get a good score. So I think that they're all good options. But I think, I guess summing it up, round 13 is pretty crucial, especially in classic if you're wanting to rise up in the overall rank. It's a good time to make some, you know, you're sitting around that 12,000 mark. I can guarantee you probably a quarter of the guys above you are not planning for the buy as much as you have. And you're going to rise up a couple of thousand if, if you get your choices right. So 
I think it's going to be good. You know, I'm up there in that 2000 mark. I can guarantee everyone in that 2000 is doing what I'm doing. They're probably only even harder. So it's all about trying to maintain, but in a draft league, I think don't break your side. You know, if you're like you and me, we're in the, we're in the finals or like, you know, in the projected finals already, don't break your side, you know, don't trade out like, you know, going back to our draft sides very quickly. Uh, Cause I think this is important to kind of show the difference. So for me, just in draft, I've got Clemmer, Maddo, Fogarty, Staines, Cody Ramsey, Nico Hines. That's it. I've got six. That's only seven. Six or seven, yeah. I've got I've got, that's all. I'm not gonna yeah. on my bench right now. I've got Takiaho, Tarpane, Best, Pappy. I'm not trading anyone out. I like my team. I'm gonna roll with six. I'll stick the captaincy on Nico. If I get a five hundred, then I hope the other guy doesn't get as well. So that's where I, that's where my mind's at because I'm not going to try and if you like your team, take the L. You're not going to you weren't going to go through the season undefeated anyway. If I broke my team and got in, you know, twelve or thirteen, and I'm versing a captain who gets two hundred and thirty, I lost anyway, and I, I broke my team for no reason. So that, that's my my plan. What, what's yours for your draft? Um, I wouldn't say I've broken my teams, but I have traded uh, with injuries. I've traded out. Harpenay and Ryan Sutter there just to make some room for, for this uh, round 13. Um, that said, I'm very off the Raiders at the moment. I don't want anything to do with them. You know, um, I'm going on a bit of a side tangent here, but in terms of the Raiders, I don't want anything to do with them with, in terms of Supercoach. You look at you look at their spine, they've got um, they're missing Hodgson, they've got Jack Wyden, who he'll get you, he's, he's a bit of a flat track bully, he'll, but most of the weeks he'll get you his, his base is shocking. And then, you know, fullback, they're missing Chance. So Chance, Chance isn't available until round 24 now. So you've got Caleb Bacon, who's not really, um, you know, seeing the world on light there. So aside from there, maybe two RFs, you know, they're guaranteed 80s. I don't really want to get involved in any of their forward rotation because, you know, you, they're lucky to get 40 at the moment, 40 minutes, that is. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a good point, you know, to me, Raiders, Bulldogs, no thank you, don't want any of that. The Sharks, no thanks. So that's three teams already there. I don't want players from. Then you look at, you know, the next level of can crack out a score, but don't want to rely on it. I loaded on the Cowboys this week. I thought the Cowboys were going to go really good. And they put a score on, but I picked the wrong guys. I picked Lamelo, who was the worst out of all the centers and wingers. So I don't want a Cowboy. A Tigers, too inconsistent. Madge can swing the axe like we've seen. Broncos, yeah. I hate to beat the yeah. Roosters, but unless you're Jermaine Osako or Payne Haas, I don't want any of that. So there's a couple of teams. I think we're all trying to go for, you know, your Panthers, your Storm, Eels, Rabbits, Roosters, Manly. I think they're the teams. And, you know, if Reese Walsh is the, the man like we think he is, maybe the Warriors. So it's, we're starting to get to the stage of the season now where, you know, even if a cheapie comes up in the Bulldogs, I don't want it. Like, I, I don't, like, like you said, oh, you know, I picked up Tarpane, but... I might flick him because, you know, Ricky might give him 30 minutes off the bench. So, you know, I'll keep it for a week because I got, it looks like Lolo's going to be out for two weeks here. So I've got, I've, got to, I've got to try some options, but we're getting to that stage of the season now. You're halfway through draft comps. In classic, you're getting to a very important stage with the origin of the buy rounds. You've got to pick your team smart. And I think one of the rules is just don't pick players from the shit teams. I think that's, that's going to be a rule. Fair enough. All right, cool. So we've done the first two segments. Let's get into the next one. Just before we got, we'll dive back into our draft recap. 
I want to talk about players overall that you're tar- that you're looking at here. So again, you can sort it by average in the app. You can sort it by total points. Players that are under the radar. So I'm going to go first. We spoke about uh, that juicy little um, draw for the Rabbits mid-season. I want to talk about Cody Walker. I think he is a guy, if you do not have a 5'8 in your comp, in your draft comp, or if you're looking for a second 5'8 in Classic, I think Cody Walker is a great shout coming up. I think, obviously, you said it in our in our group chat yesterday, they're one, they're, they are Cam Murray away from being full strength for the first time in about six weeks. That's very yeah. handy, very handy. And we saw at the end of last year, if there is a player who likes to time his run at the end of the season and finish like a ball on fire, it's Cody Walker. So very quick before I get you, get you to jump in here, he's 555,000 in Classic, a break-even at 106. So he's going to drop probably about that 50K mark. So he'll be right around that 500,000 mark. Josh Schuster, the Cody Walker, will cost you about 55,000. I think it's a no-brainer. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to miss him in buy round. But I think if you look at it right now and you look at his next run, so he's got, if you want to wait one more week, he's got power next week. You can do that. But then after that is that is that run. Knights, Broncos, Tigers, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Warriors, Dragons. That's just six rounds of quality. I'm getting at least a 60 in those, you'd think. And I think it's a great shout. What, what are you, what's your thoughts about Cody Walker? Yeah, all, all really great points there, mate. Um, with Cody Walker, you know, you know, I've been big on him. Um, he, he's got an incredible ceiling. You know, before Nathan Cleary had the record for super coach points, and that was against the Roosters. Um, you know, he's got Panthers and Para, but after that, like you said, he the the Rabbitohs, Wayne Bennett, they seem to like to time their run, have them humming for the finals. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think you know, Schuster to to Holy Walker, 50k difference in classic, you know, you're you're laughing. Hundred percent The next guy I want to talk about is the man crush, our man crush, Reese Walsh. So Reese Walsh. An interesting one, right? In draft, fullback is just so deep. In in draft, you get one fullback. So if yeah. you, you most guys would have one of the top guys. There's a guy like in our comp, Ryan's got Tedesco, Reese sitting on the bench. Classic. You can now pick the matchup. If Rooster's got the Melbourne Storm, play Reese Walsh. If Reese Walsh has the Melbourne Storm, you play Teddy. Fantastic stuff. Let's talk classic for a second. He's 303,000 right now. He had a break-even of minus 31. He's going up by 100,000. So he's going to be about 400,000 now. For a starting gun fullback, with all the options we have, Turbo, Teddy, Clint, Dylan Edwards, AJ, all the, all the classics we have, is Reese Walsh a player that you're thinking about as a potential pod? He's only 6% owned in all teams. So he's going to be a pod. You look at his upcoming run. He's got one hard game in his next five. So he's got Cowboys, Storm, Knights, Dragons, Sharks. So he's got a pretty decent run there. Are we even thinking about Reese Walsh in Classic, or is he just a draft guy you just want to bring in as a bit of stability on your bench as a matchup player, or are we even thinking about him in draft? Reese Walsh, that's an interesting play. For me, personally, it's a no, because you know he's not playing in round 13, and I've already got Teddy and Turbo. But if you already have a, a fullback playing in that round 13, let's say you have... Um, you know, if you have like a soccer there or something ready, um, he he's an interesting play there because you know he's 
we've seen he's almost like a highlight reel for the, you know, the five games he's played and he, there's definitely cash to be made, you know, 300K and then his ceiling is, you know, well over a hundred. So there's, he's definitely a play if, if you have a, uh, a, you know, fullback that is available for 13. And that goes hand in hand with your boy, Tuvasa Shek. So the big question, your number one in our draft club is Tuvasa Shek your fullback for the rest of the season, or do you anticipate that you're going to make a move here? He's gone to the wing. You're going to try and cash in and get get someone else. What's your what's your thoughts moving forward? Without giving too much away, obviously. <laughs> Without giving too much away, um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. He's he's the Warriors captain. He's the heart and soul of that team. I, um, you know, I think his floor is maybe forty. And you know, at, at, in my in my backs, I, I take that every week. But if I were to make a potential trade. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely have to look at, you know, one of those really high ceiling players. Some some of those uh, fullbacks that we've already talked about in this pod, someone like a Latrell or, or a Ponga, who's got that really juicy run up to the finals. But otherwise, I don't think he's, you know, he's worth a trade to a Dufty or something. That's that's a bit sideways for me. Yeah. To me, I think the, the interesting one's going to be this week and next week is, so two of us to check is 7% owned. Reese Walsh is 6%. It's not going to surprise. There's 300 grand apart. It's not going to surprise me if you're going to start seeing some Tuvasa Shek to Walsh trades. If you're on Tuvasa Shek, you did it because you like the Warriors fullback position and you're making 300 grand and you're getting in the young kid. So I think that's going to be, a, that's going to be a, in classic. That's a no, no brainer trade. In draft, like you said, he's still going to average of probably that base 45 at least. He'll get some attacking stats. He likes to come into the middle of the field as we saw with that line break on the weekend. So I think he's still a hold, but he's a cautious hold for me. I think, you know, 600,000, he might leak some cash. He's averaging around that 74 mark now. I could say I'm moving to a 65. I could, you know, if he's out on that wing, you know, there's less chances. But again, if Reese Walsh is what we think he is, he's going to do more of those floated little Harbour Bridge balls over to his wingers. Two of us could, could benefit from that. So it's an interesting one. Is there a player that you got on your mind here that you want to, you know, is there a half, a hooker, or a forward that you're looking and going, I want to stay away, I want to steer clear? Or I want to jump on it now because I think he's going to be in a bit of rich vein of form here. Uh, well, I think we already talked about him, which is Cameron Ponga. You know, he's had has that really juicy uh, that finals run with what was it, Broncos, Titans, and um, you know, I think yeah, yeah, Dogs was in there. It was, it was just a really juicy uh, finals run. Now that we've we mentioned it, um, but some other players that I, I'm interested in is actually man the manly players right there because we know that you know with turbo in and you know they're looking like a top eight side now so um anyone in that sort of back line especially in that left side where turbo likes to sweep with garrick saab on the other wing um they're all really great training targets and the other one who i've actually had my eye on personally is curtis Sirenen. so um, i've actually picked him up uh, this week in our draft comp and you know he's a player where you know he, once he's fully fit he'll be in an 80 minute second row position there and he's got attacking upside which which I love yeah if I'm the shoe store owner I'm, I'm worried I, I would try and sell Sam similar to Sam Walker because you know Curtis Sirenin is you know one of the hearts and souls of this manly team and it's such a good point you said since Turbo's come back he's obviously averaging 122 but he's lifting players Garrick's over 66 to power 65, Schuster 63, Jake 59, Morgan Harper 59, Cherry Evans 58. 
But these are guys that were not scoring at all before he got there. And when he's coming to the side, you know, and like you said, Asirinen has only played the one game so far. You know, Jason Saab, since Turbo's coming to the side, is now just scoring tries for the fun of it. To me, there's a couple of guys I target. I think if you go to the Kieran Foran owner in your t- in your league, because I don't think it's going to cost you much to get Kieran Foran. And if he's the 5'8 for this team moving in, you know, for the rest of the season, that could be very nice. You know, that guy might be stung because he got the four with a broken hand. That's a good little pickup. You know, look at the forwards. DePau, Paseca, um, Siren, like you said, if they're on waivers or in a draft comp, try and steal them. You know, this is the time to grab them. You know, guys are going to try and be breaking their team. If you've got a guy who's playing round 13 and you can, you know, get away with it, trade him. I think it's a good, I think it's a good option to have. I, th- I really, really do. So good point there. One more I'll go here before we get into our draft comp here. It's a guy I've been eyeing all season. Haven't made haven't made the inquiry yet to the owner, but I, I've I'm very close to doing it. It's, it's a halfback. So let, let's tr- let's wh- let's whittle it down here. <clears throat> before That's before no, no, I've tried a hundred times to get him from you, so no, it's not anything cleary. <laughs> It's Ben Hunt. Yeah, right. Ha- he's so he's halfback hooker jewel. He's so right now just looking at it in a couple of areas. So right now he, he's four hundred forty nine thousand in classic. So you can do a couple of things. If he gets drafted for Origin, then it kind of goes out the window. Um, but I just like their draw up until round tw- up till the finals. I don't think it's. I don't think it would cost much to get Ben Hunt actually. And if you just look at their, oh, let me talk their round eleven to round nineteen. Sharks, Tigers, Broncos, Bulldogs, Canberra, Warriors, Manly, Gold Coast. If you're the attacking playmaker in that team, there's some points to be had. And with that, that I think the one thing we've noticed this year with suspensions, with concussions, with players resting. Jewels are very valuable. And a halfback hooker jewel to me is very spicy. I'm hoping he does not get picked for origin. If he does not get picked for origin, I'm messaging Ed every two seconds to try and get this deal done. What's your thoughts on Ben Hunt? Yeah, that's a that's a uh, interesting point there. I haven't actually ha- ha- looked too closely into any Dragons players, I've got to admit myself. But looking at his draws... Um, yeah, it is looking quite good. He doesn't really play, you know, with the exception of of Manly there. Everyone else is a bottom mate side. Um, you probably do want to drop him, you know, before the finals there because the Dragons do have, you know, the Panthers, Roosters. Um, they got Cowboys in 24, but then they have Souths again in um, 25. But he's got a good run uh, before that. Yeah, it's definitely just, it's a run to get you to the final, but you're not playing him in the final. And that's why I think, I don't think it will cost that much. Like if, Looking at it from my end, like I've got Jamal Fogarty. Fogarty for Ben Hunt straight, I'm probably not going to get it done. But if I throw in a centre, you know, a decent centre, I think I can get that done. And, you know, again, it's an option. I think what you got to do now, especially if you're in the bottom half of your draft comp, this is the time you've got to target some very shrewd trades. you got to look at runs from round 12 to 20. Because, for example, with Ben Hunt, He's got a shit, he's got a very shit finals draw. But if you're not playing the finals, it doesn't matter. You're not playing anyway. 
get to the finals. Once you're at the finals, we saw it last year. Our final was Chris and Andrew. All the play, all the good players got rested. They were playing Jake Clifford's and they were playing all, all the all the, the reserves. So get to the finals. <clears throat> Make a trade, get it done. That's that's what I think you need to do. If you're, you know, in our comp, for example, if you're Ryan, if you're Anthony, if you're David. Make trades to get to the finals. Don't think about finals. A guy like you, a guy like Andrew right now, can start planning for finals because you're that far ahead. You're probably going to at least get in the top six somewhere. If you're down the bottom, you've got to make trades to get there. And I think a guy like a Ben Hunt, you know, a nice draw up until round 20, that can get you to at least fifth or sixth on the ladder. Then you can reassess and start doing what you can do. So that's, that's what I think you need to be. If you're in the bottom half of a finals comp, that's what I did two years ago. I, I was, you know, I was coming last for most of it. I just I came seventh. I just missed out on the final, but I made trades to get there and I got all the way back from last to seventh. So you've got to, that's what you've got to do. You kind of sit on your laurels and go, oh, I'm going to plan for the round 17 buy in the finals. You're not going to make it. So make the trades to get it done. Yeah, great points, great points. All right. Time for a bit of banter, Johnny. So our draft comp, everyone loves to hear about other people's draft comps. So let's talk about it. You're obviously way in the lead here. So let's go to the, to the projected ladder as per results here. So you're currently nine and one. It looks like you may take the L this week. You've got the King Nathan Cleary to get you out of here. Yeah, I mean, going by projections, um, I'm down by, I'm training by 30 at the moment. We both have, well, he's got Tom Burgess, um, Jerbo and DCE against the Eels. And I've got Nathan Cleary. And he's projected is at 220, um, 266 here. Mm. Um, and then i got Liam Martin, Jerome Luai, and Nathan Brown. So I need to make up quite a bit. I need to get 400 at least out of those four players. Um, yeah, yeah it, will be, it will be a very close one for me. All right. So I guess I, I wanted to pick you because... I always do say you can't win your draft comps on night on you can don't win your comps on the draft night. You're obviously first nine and one. I want to go through your draft because we went through the top rounds last week, but I just wanted to kind of look through your team right now and how a good draft can help you get there, but then a couple of tweaks to it will help you win the comp. So you went Nathan Cleary one, you went Jerome Luai two, you went Tuvasashek three, Nathan Brown four, Tarpane five, Campbell six, Campbell Graham six. Mansour, seven. Christian Welch, eight. Great pick. Connor Watson, nine. Blake Laurie, 10. Kevin Proctor, 11. Patrick Herbert, 12. Kate Cuss, 13. Edric Lee, 14. Jermaine Asako, 15. Tarek Sims, 16. And Joe Offenengawe, 17. Asako, 15. Wow. Asako <laughs> that 15. was... We all slept. We all oh, slept. Man. Now, looking at your team now, you've got the majority of those players still in your team. You've done well. You've yeah. done well. And then the places where you, you know, you weren't, you got injuries or you traded, you went to the free agents. You know, now you got guys like Ewan Aiken, Renoff Tony, Matt Ikovalu, Liam Martin, um, Matt Burton, Herbie Farnworth. I guess the point is, as I we kind of said in the first podcast, we did the review. The first two rounds are very crucial. You know, get, getting steals in the late draft also helps. But you've got to get on the waivers. You've got to keep making trades. You've you've been okay with trades. I think you've only made two or three, uh, maybe even two. Uh, but 
you know, you picked up Matty Cavalu, then that, that week BMOS gets injured. So all of a sudden, your waiver. And again, you could have waited to the free agency. Matty Cavallo doesn't make it a free agency and you miss out on that. But now you've got a Roosters winger for the rest of the year. Very nice. You know, a run off for Tony who went back to the bench this week, but got, you got a couple of games out of him as starting lock. This is what you need to do. Now you look at yeah. Let's go to let's go to me quickly because I went the I've gone the opposite way. I my draft is always take best player available and trade them. So when Pappenhausen one, Tom Malala two, Dylan Brown three, Nofa Luma four, Adam Funnell Blake five, Mitch Pierce six, Jai Arrow seven, Charlie Staines eight, Adokar nine, Nas ten, Satili eleven. Ewan Aiken, 12, Olam, 13, Egan, 14, Blake Braley, 15, Matt Burton, 16, Matt Lodge, 17. Out of these players right now, I have four players left in my team. <laughs> it's just, it's a it's a way to trade. It's a way to trade. I always target, I like to go top heavy. You know, right now in my team, I've got Cook, Maddo, Lolo. I've got uh, ha- uh, Pappy. I've got Takiaho. Bradman best. I've, I've just tried to go guns and fill in the rest. So there's two very different ways. Obviously, you're you're the guy who's coming first in our comp. But what would you say to the me, the guy who loves to trade and gets very very aggressive versus you, setting Pat? What's why why do you stand Pat so much? Uh, I, I think for, for my my strategy when I when I draft, it's always try to fill in that that's spine first you know they're very shallow in those you know 5a paths hooker positions and then afterwards it's all about that base for me i really like that consistency i'm not about you know getting the trades those you know, big name players because i look at your team and your team i, I said it to you last week it looks like a 2020 all-stars you know you got david clemmer tom alolo bradman best uh adokar charlie stains damon cook Ryan Madison or 2020 stars. So very great, um, very great you know, trade options. They've got the big names. But when you look at their 2020 form, you know, Damon Cook, uh, Bradman Best, you know, he's one entry away from, you know, <laughs> um, and you've got Tom Alolo who's in this Cowboy side. We still don't really know where, where he, uh, whether he's going to hit those um, heights from, you know, previous years here. Hundred percent, and again, it's you know I take risks. I like to get the big names. I buy low. I always try and buy low. You know, Takiyaho this week. He's coming off the bench. He's got a rib injury. I was on a bank that he gets back to his sixty-five average. If he doesn't, I take the L. But let's go back through the let's go back through the first two rounds. That's how we finished the draft. That's finished how we finished the episode last week. I guess we'll go through it. We already talked about the initial draft reaction. I guess let's just quickly we'll run through these. Talk about right now, are they still on that person's team? Uh, looking back now, obviously, they obviously wish they did different in some of them, or it was a steal. So, number one, Ryan took Teddy. Again, you can't fold him. It's Teddy right now. Look, he's not the same gun. He still has the odd score in him against the bad teams, but he's no, I think he's no longer matchup proof. And I think that's the only way to describe Teddy this year, just the bulletproof matchup proof Teddy. While Luke Keery is not there and a couple of other players, it's not there. Yeah, he's, you know, in this Roosters team where, you know, they've got a pretty much a first grade um, side that's injured. He's just doesn't have the team around him to let him, you know, be his tackle busting best. He's trying to do it all at the moment. And 
unfortunately, it's he's not turbo. Let's just put it that way. He can't. One man can't do it all in this really depleted rooster side. Yeah, mind you, still a hold. If you're the Tedesco owner in a draft comp, you're, oh, yeah. you're not selling. You're going to ride this out. You know, you'll stick the captaincy on him good on good good matchups, but you, you hold. Number two, Nathan Cleary. Spoke about him already. Obviously, he was number one overall on my draft board. Um, he's a gun. There's no, you're not trading him. You said and forget captaincy. We're all good there. Damian Cook was three to Pat. Uh, he's now on my team. Um, Obviously, wouldn't would not go number three overall right now, um, and I think he's. A, do you reckon he'll go? Do you reckon he's even in the first round, knowing what we know now? No, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. I think I think Hooker is showing this year where you can get some very good scores out of hookers, and he just hasn't got that next level. I think the next level that he can go to in ton up sometimes is too far apart now to warrant a first round pick. I think that's pretty. Oh, like to me, sounds crazy. I'd probably prefer Brandon Smith over Damian Cook in a draft comp if we had to redraft right now. Because I get a jewel, oh. plus I get lock minutes. I, I know I've got a base. I've got a base. So, um, look, I've got him. If, if I can talk to other Cook owners, he's probably a sell. You know, like you said, name factor. Try try and get something for Damian Cook because I think he fatigues later in the year. This is when he's supposed to be gunning it and he hasn't been gunning it. So he's a sell for me. Munster went four. I think you're still happy with that. You know, if you're the Munster owner, you're not selling. I tried to make a very big push to get him in my comp. Didn't work. Um, so I think he's a hold. I think you try and buy him if you don't have him. Um, he'll come good. You know, he's still averaging, you know, I think a plus a 70. Five-eighths a shallow position already. You, you take that. Oh. Angus Crichton went five. You know... I, I don't like I don't like the pick even now. Um, the one thing I've now realized, and I think you made a good point of it, I'm not touching a forward until round three next year in a draft. Yes, the guys are some guys will guarantee you a 70 in base. I don't want that at our first two pick. The ceiling is not there enough. You need to have like how you've done with the Luai and the Cleary. How a couple of guys like I think uh, in ours, Jason went, uh, Munster and Gutherson. That's what I want. I want those picks. I don't want, like, we'll get to my second pick. I don't love it. I don't love it anymore. So I think Angus, if you've got him, you're holding him. There's nothing you can really trade Angus to. You know, you're not trading him to a gun spine player. And he's probably the one of the best, better forwards. So you're keeping him. He's a hold. Dave yeah. Um, yeah. At, at the time when Angus Crichton was drafted, we lost, you know, on the board, we still had Cannon Ponga. Harry Grant, Pappenhausen, and Cody Walker. So, you know, obviously at the time, we, we didn't have these new um, head knocks and Sinbin rules. But, yeah, the way Supercoach is heading, it, it's almost like a two-tier sort of um, ladder where you have your your high ceiling, you know, 150-plus players, and then you got the rest. Yeah. And that's and that's why David Vita wrapped in. That was the next pick at number six. Again, it's a good pick. Um in terms of his average right now, but you know, again, I, I think he's going to regress. I think he had a very high attacking start. He had a very nice draw. He'll he'll come back here. So, again, they're good picks on paper. You know, they get the averages, but again, you just said the players are on the board there. You you got to take those high ceiling players, in my opinion. Uh, but again, Andrew second. He's big for feeder first. So, um, 
Kaylin at number, what are we, number seven? Um, obviously was injured, still injured now, but again, you, it's a pick. You've just said it, you know, got to take the ceiling players. Then you've got, uh, moving next, you've got Harry Grant. Unfortunately, he's injured. If he was healthy, I think he does go um, in the top uh, 12 picks because he's he's been amazing when he's been on the field. Yeah, especially in this, this storm side. They're just, you know, just the the most, cons- by far the most consistent team over the last 20 odd years. Would you sell? He's out for, it looks like another three, four weeks here. Do you sell? No. Nah. No. And I'm pretty sure that Chris isn't selling Harry Grant for his life. <laughs> if you're the if you're the Grant owner and I offered you Cook, who's playing, what do you do there? Is that is that a trade? If I'm sure that's a trade they're getting thrown around in some draft comps, Cook for Grant. Who who with Grant being injured, who do you take? Oh, you're putting me on the spot there. Um, I guess it depends on whether you need a. You know, if, if you're Chris, whether you need someone playing over the next few weeks, you know, depending on where you're at in the ladder. And then I'd also have to look at um, the draw coming up as well over the next few rounds, depending, again, if you're in a good position, then you want to look at Cook's draw at the end. But if, you know, you're down at the bottom ladder, you want to look at the next, you know, few, five, ten rounds. Yeah. Zach Lomax, number nine. We discussed it in the first pod. Didn't like it. He's now on Ryan's team. Ryan's uh, bought low on an injured Zach Lomax. Again, it's a, it's another cautionary tale there to say um, you've just got to nail that first pick. you got to get the captaincy option yeah, in your first exactly. pick. Yeah, 2020 gone, no doubt, but 2021, yeah. Well, he, 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 you know, even with that 20, even if he had the 2020 form right now, he was he's not a first round pick. Yeah, yeah and, and, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I saw a couple, not just Anthony, I saw a couple of draft boards, you know, when people start posting up their draft boards in the Supercoach groups, you know, when everyone was drafting. I saw Lomax going first round, second round, and, you know, just didn't agree with it and don't agree with it now. Um, and I think that will be the, court, the caution. You don't take a center in the first round. You know, even what they're averaging, you don't do it. Yeah, he's uh, not a set and forget captaincy option, which you really, really need. Yeah, last couple here. Me with Pappy at 10. Again, you do it every day. He's injured right now. Even if he plays 10 games this year, I still do it every time. The the value there can win you a matchup. You just you get it done. You're not selling. Even if he's got these injury concerns, I don't care if the guy offers you. The only one I would do it for is if the if the owner of Cleary for some reason wanted Pappenhausen. You think about it. But even to me, I, I, you can't sell. He's just too fun to watch. Can win you around. You know, everyone thought Madison was an injury risk. Since he's come back from his, he's been knocking out, you know, good scores. So you, you hold. Yeah. yeah. Talking about Maddo, you know, he was next at number 11. Again, probably a bit too high for a second rower. Uh, but, you know, he's he's my non-Hines or Pappy captaincy option. He's been getting me uh, 160, 170. So a good player, but again, not a first round grade. Um, Turbo was still on the field here. Oh, Turbo, yeah. But Dave did draft Turbo four overall the year before and got burned. So Dave was never going to take him. <laughs> then you talk about uh, Ed, who rounds out the, the snake. He took Cody Walker 12, Turbo 13. Looking back at it now, one, one of the 
very good one-two punches in the in the draft when you when you really look at that upcoming uh, rabbit's draw, plus the way Turbo's been on fire. But actually, just thought about then, he traded Turbo. That was the steal of the. Uh, so, Ed, our mate, he traded to Chris. So they're both based in the UK. So that Turbo trade. Bloody hell, he's he's just knocked out, yeah, hunt, like pretty much tons after back to back times after that. So th- thinking about it, but from a from a Ed perspective, he obviously saw Turbo come in, play two games for him, ton up two times. Uh, and he said, Look, I'm cashing out high here because you know he could be injured again. I don't want to be stuck with him. But I think the trade package wasn't there. Uh, I think Val Valentine Holmes was the centerpiece of that trade. Uh, Jerbo was also in the trade who he then traded to me, who I've now traded on. So Jerbo's had four homes already this year. Um, but yeah, it's if, if he had Walker and Turbo for the rest of the season, oh. that's then a threat. That's a threat. That's a threat to the finals and a threat for the grand final. Yeah. yeah. Quickly rolling through the second round, we won't go through them all. Dylan Edwards, a tick, you know, he's a fullback in a Panther side tick. Me, Lolo at 15, it's a it's a it's an L. You know, I take the L on that one. Even if he gets back to a 70 average, I don't love the pick. I you know, I said it on the draft and I was I was very happy with my draft, except that one pick. If you're a Lolo owner, I think you put him on the trade block. I'm I'm gonna do it this week, see what any of you guys offer. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna get a hundred dollars, a hundred percent back. You know, I'm gonna have to take a bit of an L there and you know, take what's best available. Um, Jazz Tavanga was next. That's an L. Cherry Evans is a, still a win. You know, that Manly side paid Haas as a win. Um, that laid in the second round. AJ Brimson, I thought he'd kick on further, you know, had that prime match against the Bulldogs, scored a double, didn't crack 90. So not what you want from a guy like AJ. Appy was next at 20. Again, been injured. He's not playing the full minutes. Tyra May spelling him. So can't really comment right now, but doesn't look great. Gutho was next at 21. I love it. Latrell was next, 22. Love it. Jerome Hughes at 23. A steal. And Adam Reynolds at 24. Halfback in a Rabbits team. So we, as we keep doing this every five rounds, you know, I, me at 15 there could have really done a couple of things to shore up my team. And I wish I did. Because when I look back, if I do not win this comp, after all the trades that I've made, I, I think I've made very good trades all season. But Tom Malolo at 15 is going to hurt. I just think it's... I don't think there's a week where I'll be able to captain, captain him. I don't think there's a week that I'll be able to trade him for a, a superstar. And if you look, look at the next the couple of picks. Like if I just went... I obviously had fullback sewn up, so I wasn't going to pick a fullback. But if I went uh, Jerome Luai, if I went even Payne Haas, just for the consistency, if I went Cherry Evans, what could have been? Yeah, I, I can feel the pain <laughs> coming uh, from this call right now because, yeah, Jason Tumble, I mean, to be fair, you know, at the time, um, geez, he would have been a top 10, 20, 20 player. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, who, who would have known that, um, you know, yeah, the, the Cowboy side and I guess the limited minutes. That said, he hasn't. He's played well. He's played few, well. Yeah, he's had a few minutes, but yeah, I'm not sure what's doing there in terms of his super coach scores. Look, he's he, one finger on. He got 100 with a try. He got he would have got a 60 this week without his sin bin. He's been suspended for two weeks. He does play. He does have a. Does he play? You know, he has a 
by this week. So he plays the round 17 by. Uh, no origin. Look, you know, I could do a lot worse, but again, this, I think the one thing that I've learned and we'll kind of harp on as we get through end of the season into next year's draft is with a top 12 pick, with a top, yeah, with a top 24 pick, don't really pick it. Don't pick a, a forward. We've seen so many off the waivers this year. You know, Ryan Sutton was one of your boys. You know, Matt Lodge was sitting there. So many guys can just pump out a 50 for you. And the difference between that verse, you know, and honestly, next year, I wouldn't even mind going two fullbacks next year and just having one on the, on the bench as a trade, as a trade. You know what I mean? But like, if, if I, let's say right there, if I picked Pappy and then I picked Latrell or Gutho, the, the guy who the guy who needs a fullback later in the who needs who gets injured, you know, the guy who picked Chance in ours, who doesn't have a fullback, he's gonna come calling to me eventually. And then I can I can dictate the price. And he will say to me, you can only play one of them a week. That's fine, I'll play one a week. And I'll let the other guys run on my bench. I think it's you know what? I'm probably won't do it, but next year if I'm now with some picks, I might just go, you know what? I can go. Two star halfbacks, two star fullbacks, and just just hoard them on my bench, and then I'll wait for you guys to come calling. And just be that asshole that's you know holding Teddy and Reese Walsh at the moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, make the trade, son. <sighs> but yeah, you know we spoke. You and me, and Ryan, spoke about it a little bit in our uh, round ten uh, review pod. You know we had a little bit of a super coach talk there. You know, 10 rounds in, the group chat's flowing every day. There's the NRL physio screenshots. There's, you know, SC Whisperer screenshots. There's, you know, people congratulating people on the first night. You know, it's just, that's what draft is all about, man, isn't it? Just, you know, I'm just quickly reading through a bit of our group chat, you know. Obviously, Chan's screenshot from last night being out. Then you had David going Sam Walker 24 as captain with four, a couple of sad reacts on there. You know, there's sport bets accounts getting thrown in there with uh, Miss Teddy. Uh, try that would have won our, our mate there, you know, $800. There's, you know, a couple of screenshots talking about the, the rule changes. This game is becoming a joke. Two different group, you know, this is what this is what it's about, man. Just mates, you know, a lot of these mates we never knew, you know, in terms of like actual guys that we knew, it was you, me and Dave in this, in this group. And we've met the Ryans and the Chris's and the Andrews of the world. And I probably talk to them just as much as my missus in terms of messaging. So <laughs> it's getting it's getting close on the on the messaging scale. But when the season's on, it nothing better than you know a fire in group chat, the draft comp going off. You don't do yeah, better. Draft, yeah, draft by far the, is the best format of, of Supercoach. Um, you know, just just being able to have you know your own little team that no one else can. Yeah, have it's it's yeah, it's the best feeling when you're watching a game and you're knowing that you know you've got both the um both the hearts for the Panthers and you gotta come home with the win. So yeah, it's the best version of Supercoach in my opinion. Yeah, and look, you know, this was the first year I really got into classic. You know, I played classic last year, um, but didn't really know the rules. So burnt my trades really early, didn't look at break evens, um, didn't look at upcoming draws, just kind of went for it. Uh finished at about I think thirty thousand overall. Um, this year actually kind of, you know, listened to um, SE Talk, uh, the, that podcast, um, really kind of went in and started looking at, you know, the break-evens and the the draws and the, you know, what, what other people are doing, you know, trying to like not go with the crowd, but also, you know, make some cash. So Classic has got a home, you know, but you can't really, like you said, other guys can pick the same, you know, the guy I'm bursting ahead head this week, we have two players different. 
out of 17. So, you know, that's not really as fun because in draft, you know, I'm Nico Hines versing Payne Haas and that's our two captains and no one else has got them. And you know what, if I need to go get another captaincy option, I've got to package together three guys and try and trade for those guys. So that that's where it's at, I think. And, you know, a lot of guys don't do draft. They just go classic. But if you've got 10 guys or even eight guys that want to get into a draft comp, highly recommend it because that's, like I said, we'll always do it. I think, you know, no matter how busy we'll get, I think there's always room just to quickly sneak in a draft and then watch it, you know, watch the games on the weekend. That's the way to do it. The only thing about Supercoach is that, you know, I don't know if I can completely enjoy a game without no. you know, calculating, you know, how many points they're getting from that run, whether or not they get that try assist. But other than that, love it. So funny story. So we're at, we're at the pub last night and Melbourne versus Raiders and um, Nico Hines passes the ball to Remus Smith and Remus Smith crashes over. So I'm cheering going, yes, Nico, try assist. You know, now I'm calculating 12 plus two times two. Yep, cool. Then I was like, oh, I'm versing Remus Smith in draft. No. But then I was like, but I got Remus in classic. Ah, it's all right. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't get through these. Like I'm, I'm, I sat there, watched, I watched the whole Bulldogs-Titans game because I had Jamal and Tino. And in my, like after like six minutes, I'm like, why am I watching this game? Why, why am I watching these? Like the only people who should be watching the game is Titans and Bulldogs fans and degenerates like us who have super coach, you know, captains and players. So you, you get invested in a lot of games you don't want to get invested in. But again, that's in terms of like, you know, a couple of years ago, I I think it's fair to say I've kind of fell out of watching week to week NRL probably yeah. after probably the 2013 um, season. And then I didn't get back in until three years ago when we started drafts. So there was a good little four-year stretch where I didn't watch any games. I watched Parramatta. You know, I watched a big Melbourne game, but that's about it. And it was really super coach that kind of brought me back into, you know, the first time we did the draft, uh, I remember Stephen picked Britton Nakora in like the 10th round and he had not played NRL at that stage. I'm like, who the hell is Britton Nakora? I'm like, because I didn't know any reserves. I didn't know any, yeah. I didn't know any, you know, young guys coming through the system. So I'm like, oh, Britton Nakora, what a, oh, that's a, yeah, good pick, good pick, Stephen. Like what a, what a wanker. Like, fucking, but then ended up like averaging like a 70 that year. So now you know all the guys coming through the ranks. Like we all knew Reese Walsh before the season started. Um, you know we we know the Harry Grants coming through. So that's what makes it good. You you know the guys coming through the ranks. It's like we did as we we're like kind of going through school. We kind of knew that the gun players coming through the ranks, like the Billy Slaters. You know, oh, there's this guy Billy Slater in Melbourne. They reckon he's like dominant as that. And that's that's when you get invested because you know the guys' whole careers from the start. And that's why I think Reese Walsh is going to be this this kind of generations. Sam Walker, Reese Walsh will be, you know, there's already kids in primary school kicking the ball around going, oh, Walsh, Walker, that's what we did, you know, with, you know, our guys. So getting back into it and kind of, it does make you feel like a little bit of a kid again, kind of going through and knowing every every player in every team, you know, everyone in our draft comp goes, Matt, how do you know who's in it? I seem like, oh, I try and messages every night, try and make trades. So I know the Jerome Lua owner, I know the, you know, Takiyaho owner, so... That's what it's all about, draft man. I think that's why we, we want to do a pod every five rounds to kind of go through, obviously, talk through our classic teams to get better, our draft teams, because obviously we're near the top, so we've got to keep bragging about that until we're down the bottom. That's when we'll cut, cut these podcasts yeah. out. But, you know, it's just a bit of fun. And all the boys who come on the podcast, you know, the Ryans, the Pats, the Chris's, they're all in the draft comp. Um, so new mates that you meet and, you know, we'll keep talking every week, trying to make trades and, you know, push it on each other. 
Paul said, yeah, I love the bets and banner. We definitely need to get one that's a few of the other boys onto these uh, super coach pods so we can uh, give it to them in person rather than uh, give it to them behind the back. Oh, mate, they can listen if they want, but I'll still, I'll still give it. <laughs> no, that, that'll, that'll do us for today. We're, we're over the hour mark. So, Johnny, well done, mate. You know, you, you're still first. Hopefully, Nathan Cleary can bring it over the line. If everyone who's not listening would have heard it by now, we'll know if Cleary puts on another record score for you to carry you and bring you to 10 and 1. Fingers crossed, I need something out of the bag to uh, beat the uh, 2020 reigning uh, champion in Chris. That's it. All right, awesome. We'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, we've got a Queensland Maroons predicted team to go along with our New South Wales one that we did. Uh, we've also got, like I said, I've got this little side project I'm working on right now. Johnny has heard bits and pieces about it, but I haven't really filled him in yet. I'll fill him in soon because uh, I might need his help on it. Um, but, you know, basically anyone who listens to the Bill Simmons podcast, you know, he's got his Pantheon, his Hall of Fame pyramid. Love that concept. And obviously I wasn't around for Arthur Beats and throwing one offload a game and everyone calling him a great. I wasn't there for, you know, when someone wore white boots for the first time in the 40s and everyone thought he was a legend. All we know is 98 onwards. We know NRL era. And that's what we specialize here at the NRL Rewind when we talk about our going back pods and our best teams. And we don't know... 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Like we, we know 98 onwards, NRL era. So that's what we focus in and that's what we're going to do in this little project. So Nom will be on probably for that one or helping me out in the background, giving the approvals. But we've got some stuff coming up and I'm enjoying doing this, guys. You know, going to race towards our 3,000 downloads, going to try and really put out some content so we can get there. Um, you know, we do the review and the preview. Love doing those, getting the boys on, but we'll try and do some extra things for you guys because, you know, you guys have been listening and if you guys keep listening, I'll keep doing stuff. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.